This Family Life News Podcast is made possible by the support of listeners like you. It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good afternoon. Welcome aboard. Wind whipped snow will accumulate several inches today and tonight in central New York. Those winds could whip to 45 miles per hour at times. Wind advisories in effect for much of the listening area. Kevin Williams says more inclement weather is on the way this weekend. Still no motive for yesterday's deadly shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl victory party in Kansas City. One person was killed, a local DJ and mother of two. Over 20 others were injured, including nine children. KC Mayor Quinton Lucas. We became part of a statistic of too many Americans, those who have experienced a mass shooting. Most of the shooting victims are women and children. Three suspects, were told, are in custody. One of them was tackled and held to the ground by a Chiefs fan until cops arrived. Those in attendance at the rally near Union Station still can't believe what they witnessed. Something that was supposed to be so joyful just turned so quickly and you can see some strollers out here. I'm never bringing my kids to another place like this. I mean, there's too many people, too many children for them to just spread and guns like that. You know what I mean? Nearly a million people had flocked to downtown KC to celebrate back-to-back Super Bowl wins when the shots rang out. A couple of court cases involving Donald Trump in the news today. The ex-president was present at the Manhattan proceeding. We're here for something that is not a crime. Nobody's ever seen it. Judge today in Manhattan dismissed an attempt by Trump to throw out the first of four indictments he faces. This means the first ever criminal trial of a former president will happen on March 25th. Reporter Robert Costa. Trump was indicted in Manhattan last March on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records tied to his alleged role in a hush money payment to adult film star Stormy Daniels. Trump has pleaded not guilty to the charges. Meanwhile, in the election interference case being brought in Georgia. A hearing beginning today will decide whether Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis will be disqualified from trying Trump and his co-defendant. Fonnie Willis is accused of having an extramarital affair with the top prosecutor assigned to Trump's election interference case. President Biden's annual physical is coming up soon, but it will not include a cognitive exam for the 81-year-old who's seeking a second term. Too bad, says former White House physician and current Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson. President Trump had to do a cognitive test. The press just went crazy demanding that he have a cognitive test done as part of his physical exam uh, because they didn't like his personality. They didn't like his his style. But I want to see the same enthusiasm and the same insistence that President Biden get a cognitive test done now, because if we've ever had a sitting president that needs a cognitive test, it's right now. Jackson served as the White House physician for President's Trump and Obama. Israeli troops raided a hospital in southern Gaza today to recover the bodies of hostages who are killed in the war with Hamas. 
Israeli Army spokesman Daniel Hagari. This sensitive operation was prepared with precision and is being conducted by IDF special forces. Hamas terrorists had set up a command center at that hospital. Meantime, FBI Director Chris Ray has made a surprise trip to Israel to show solidarity with our Jewish ally. That visit comes as U.S. officials continue to pursue a ceasefire. Trey Yinks continues our coverage. A new report indicates a ceasefire could be tied to a broader peace deal that would lead to a Palestinian state. Given the current government, such a plan would be unlikely to succeed. Correspondent Holly Williams says Israel is already pouring cold water on the peace talks. According to Israeli media reports today, Prime Minister Netanyahu has recalled Israel's delegation from ceasefire negotiations in Egypt. And Netanyahu says that demands made by Hamas are, quote, delusional. Vice President Kamala Harris is in Germany for a security conference that will focus much of its attention on the Middle East. Russian space nukes in the news. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan briefing lawmakers today about this emerging threat from Moscow. Apparently, Russia wants to deploy a nuclear weapon in space to knock out our satellites. House Speaker Mike Johnson says while the report is concerning, there is no need for alarm. I want to assure the American people there is no need for public alarm. We are going to work together to address this matter as we do all sensitive matters that are classified. Former National Security Council spokesman and Marine Corps officer John Elliott. The Russians are way ahead of the rest of the world, way ahead of the U.S. in what's called a hypersonic missile capability where they can have a missile going 20,000 miles an hour and strike in minutes around the world. We know that they're on top of their game and it's something that we should be worrying about. If Russia has put a nuke in space, it would violate a 1967 treaty that bans atomic weapons in orbit. Another private company is taking a shot at the moon. A SpaceX Falcon rocket blasted off this morning from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida, loaded with a lunar lander from intuitive machines. Three, two, one, ignition. And liftoff. Go SpaceX, go IM-1, and the Odysseus Lunar Lander. The week-long trip will culminate in a touchdown attempt next Thursday. If that works out, it'll be the first U.S. moon landing in more than 50 years. Still to come on the Noon Report, rusty cars, scoring machine, and disappearing farms. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams calling for some wind and some snow across our region over the next 12 to 24 hours. I'll have forecast details coming up shortly. All right, Kevin, we'll see you in a bit. Let's check stories from New York and Pennsylvania next. New York Governor Kathy Hogan wants to require high school seniors apply for federal student aid for college. It would be mandatory. This is for those FAFSA forms, which students fill out to determine what financial assistance is available to them. New York students leave more than $200 million in federal assistance on the table every year by not completing those FAFSA forms. The Pennsylvania Education Department's announced more than $1.5 million to help undergrad students with children. Colleges and universities can use the funding for expanding daycare facilities and scholarships for tuition, housing, and meals. One in five undergrad students in Pennsylvania is balancing the responsibility of raising children while pursuing a college degree. Farms that once dotted the landscape of New York are steadily disappearing. Here's Family Life's Jeremy Miller. Federal data shows New York lost nearly 3,000 farms
farms and nearly 364,000 acres of farmland since 2017, but production has increased. The amount of farmland lost nationwide is about the size of New England. Experts say it's because of consolidation, financial hardship, land development, and younger generations becoming disinterested in agriculture. The State Department of Agriculture and Market says it's working to strengthen the supply chain, help current farmers grow, and help new farmers. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Sunday hunting could finally happen in Pennsylvania more than just the three days a year, which is currently what's allowed. The Pennsylvania Farm Bureau, which has long opposed Sunday hunting, now says it would support it so long as several other legislative items are approved. The Farm Bureau wants stricter penalties for hunters who trespass and more streamlined process for harvesting deer that damage crops. Currently, Pennsylvania is one of only 10 states that bans or restricts hunting on Sundays. There's been a massive firearms and fentanyl bust in Dutchess County, New York. Attorney General Tish James announcing the indictments of 10 people accused of trafficking weapons and drugs. We all know, unfortunately, how dangerous fentanyl is. Just a tiny amount can kill an individual. Even worse, end users who purchased these bills had no idea that they contained fentanyl. The two-year investigation resulted in the recovery of 5,000 fentanyl-laced oxycodone pills and more than 30 firearms. James says the ringleader sold the drugs out of a gas station near Poughkeepsie. New York's Independent Redistricting Commission will vote today on a new-look congressional map for the 2024 election. The state legislature must sign off on the map, which could help decide which party controls Congress next year. A new law next year in New York will move local elections or odd year elections to even years so they line up with state and federal elections. The only exceptions would be races for sheriff, judges, and district attorney. State Senator James Scofus says it's all about increasing turnout. Right now, turnout in these local odd year elections for town and county offices is often 20-30%. It's abysmal. the even-year elections for president and governor, you can see as high as 70, almost 80 percent. Critics say the move takes the spotlight off the importance of local elections. Several county executives may sue over that new law, which takes effect in 2025. The leaky roof is now fixed in the PA House. Renovations to the chamber ceiling are complete ahead of schedule. The house is closed until mid-March due to that construction project. Unauthorized protests died the steps of the Pennsylvania Capitol in bright red yesterday. Family Life, Sarah Harnish. The red-stained steps look like streams of blood. The State Department of General Services says the protesters will be responsible for the cost of cleanup and any permanent damage. There's an active investigation underway, but social media accounts point to it being organized by pro-Palestinian groups angered over the war in Gaza. Last week, 100 pro-Palestinian protesters were arrested in Harrisburg after a rally in the rotunda. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. A serial shoplifter in Buffalo was sentenced Wednesday to up to seven years behind bars. This guy was busted for several shoplifting incidents in Erie County. 38-year-old Justin White stole merchandise from four stores in six separate incidents the past five months. Many of the crimes happened while he was on parole. Experts caution the salt used to treat roads during the winter is literally eating
eating away at your vehicle. Salt causes rust, and rust can lead to costly repairs to brake lines, fuel tanks, and exhaust systems. Here's Syracuse area mechanic Vinny Cicerelli. It's a huge thing that we deal with every day. Every day. We, we're getting the torches out to do stuff. You know, I worked in Florida. Uh, 25 years ago. We could just take things apart. There was no rust. Trucks are on the road 40, 50 years. They're still driving them because they don't rust away and rot away. He says whatever money you're spending at your local car wash, it is money well spent. The undercarriage, the part of the car you don't see, is the most vulnerable to rust. There's a scoring machine in Chittenango, New York, and his name is Ryan Mesh, a six-foot junior who is the leading scorer in high school basketball Basketball right now. I just try to do my role and just help the team win. I usually just try to make the right play in front of me usually every time. Mesh is averaging almost 40 points a game for the Chittenango Bears. That is tops in New York State. His coach John Clancy tells Spectrum News Mesh is the complete package. There's a lot of kids that can make shots, uh, you know, other kids that can pass, but having a combination to be able to do that and Often having two or three other players trying to guard him, you know, at once is uh, is pretty spectacular. Clancy says what makes Mesh most spectacular, though, is his humble persona and team-first attitude. He's such a great person to be around, you know, for all the accolades he's going to get. You know, at some point the basketball is going to stop, and he's still going to have that. Nearly 40 points a game, and he's just a junior. How about that? Ryan Mesh from Chittenango, New York. We've got more sports next. It's the two-minute drill on Family Life. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Bob the Knicks were in Orlando to take on the Magic last night, and it was not pretty. The Magic won by 18 points and are now tied for first in their division with a 30-25 and 25 record. 118-100 was the final. Jalen Brunson led the Knicks in scoring. He had 33 points. It was a blowout of epic proportions in Beantown last night, and it was the Celtics putting the hurt on the Brooklyn Nets, 136-86, to 50 points. The Seas put six players in double figures with Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench to lead the team. He had 28 points. In Philadelphia, Tyrese Maxey led all scorers with 30 points, but it wasn't enough as the Sixers fell to the Heat, 109-104. Elsewhere, the Hornets topped the Hawks, 122-99. The Cavs got past the Bulls, 108-105. Indiana squeaked out a two-point win over Toronto, 127-125. The Rockets fell to the Grizzlies, 121-113. New Orleans beat Washington, 133-126. The Mavs came out out on top of the Spurs 116 to 93 both LA teams won the Lakers 138 to 122 over Utah and the Clippers 130 to 125 over Golden State the Suns knocked off the Pistons 116 to 100 and the Kings took down Denver by 4 102 to 98 on the ice, the Penguins failed to turn things around, and they lost their third in a row. This one 5-2 against Florida. Brian Rust and John Ludwig scored for the Pens. The Jets shut out the Sharks, one zip, and Minnesota a 3-1 winner over Arizona. That 
is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, Russia space nukes, chaos in KC, and Trump trial starts March 25th. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look in an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Theologian Stanley Hauerwas once said that if in a hundred years Christians are known as those who do not kill their children and do not kill their elderly, we will have done something right. His words are especially prophetic these days in light of a post-Christian West that has in so many ways embraced killing. For example, this month, the Dutch government implemented a policy that now permits terminally ill children up to 12 years old to be euthanized. In other words, young children can now be put to death without giving their own consent. Though this new policy is only supposed to apply in exceptional cases of very serious terminal illnesses, limits on assisted suicide almost never hold. The most obvious example to the world right now is Canada. In 2021, 10,000 Canadians were killed by physician-assisted suicide. That's one out of every 30 Canadian deaths. This explosion in medically-assisted deaths there led columnist David Brooks to write in The Atlantic that autonomy-based liberalism, the idea that we each own ourselves and can do whatever we want with our lives, had definitely gone off the rails. He demonstrated in the article, with story after story, just how quickly and easily assisted suicide can blur into involuntary killing. As many have observed, the right to die has this pernicious way of becoming a duty to die. And this deadly logic is embraced across much of Europe on a scale that few appreciate. Back in 2017, CBS ran a celebratory headline announcing that Iceland was on pace to, quote, virtually eliminate Down syndrome. Now, no cure had been found for the condition, of course. Instead, what the article was referring to was that Iceland had become so effective at eliminating people with Down syndrome through selective abortions. Almost none were being born. And a new study published in the European Journal of Human Genetics recently found that across Europe, births of children with Down syndrome are just about half of what should be expected. Again, this is not because of a miracle cure. It's because parents are aborting about half, in some countries as many as 83% of children who are diagnosed with Down syndrome in the womb. Now, usually it's those on the political left that cheer assisted suicide, euthanasia, and abortion so-called rights. Increasingly, however, the post-Christian right is leading the applause. Political researcher and commentator Richard Hananiah, for instance, shared this study and then praised the results, writing this, quote, Many of the parents go on to have a healthy child instead, maybe two, so you get just as many lives but more health. There are actually people, he said, who think this is a bad thing. Well, in response to that, David Harzani at the Federalist correctly identified this same logic as the logic behind eugenics and asked, if eugenics is a social good, then why stop at Down syndrome? Why not keep having abortions until you get the perfect kid? See, the logic behind this Western war on the weak is simple and sinister. Thousands of human beings are being told you're imperfect, so you're better off dead and everyone else is better off without you. The United States isn't far behind on these numbers. According to some estimates, about one-third of children diagnosed with Down syndrome in utero are aborted in this country. And more more and more states are considering legalizing so-called medical assistance in dying and even embracing Canada's misleading label for it. Both the left and the right, it seems, can be susceptible to this idea that some lives are not worth living. Christianity alone, with its idea of the Imago Dei, is capable of grounding human dignity for all and reforming societies that view its weaker, older, younger, and disabled members as disposable. For the sake of all the image bearers who are listening to these evil messages and those who will never get the chance, Christians must proclaim a different message. If we don't, no one will. 
For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Thank you very much, John. Let's take it outside next with meteorologist Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Cloudy, increasingly windy, especially in parts of western New York and northwest Pennsylvania. Snow mixed with rain will arrive and continue into tonight. Most areas can expect an inch or so. However, several inches will accumulate across the upper portion of central New York. Temperatures today peak in the 30s, drop into the 20s tonight. Tomorrow, variably cloudy with sunny breaks, flurries, some Areas of lake snow, especially southeast of Lake Ontario. Ice in the 30s and some snow on Saturday. All right, thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm your host, Bob Price, and here's what's happening. Thursday, the 15th of February, a judge in New York City today dismissed an attempt by former President Trump to have one of the four indictments against him dismissed. That means Trump will become the first ever former president to face a criminal prosecution on March 25th. There was no crime here at all. This is just a way of hurting me in the election because I'm leading by a lot. Also on the Trump legal front today, there's a pretrial hearing in Atlanta to have the Fulton County DA removed from Trump's election interference case. The district attorney's accused of having an extramarital affair with a prosecutor who's investigating the ex-president. Victory celebration turned violent yesterday in Kansas City. We have multiple victims over here. A radio station DJ and mother of two was killed. More than 20 others hurt, including nine children, toward the end of a Super Bowl rally near Union Station. All of a sudden, people started crushing forward. Everybody started running. There was screaming. We didn't know what was happening, but this day and age when people run, you run. Someone said it was a fire, and then she comes running, and she's like, no, it's shots fired. And so we started listening to her, and then that's when everybody started. Yeah, and I was just telling everybody to get down, get down. My wife looked at me like there was no words even spoken like we just tucked and rolled kind of deal like we just had to get out of there more than a million people gathered to celebrate the nfl champion chiefs when the shots rang out three suspects taken into custody one was tackled and detained by a chief's fan until cops arrested him all the children shot expected to survive no motive released yet police in ontario california have stopped an 18 year old from carrying out a high school shooting police chief Michael Lorenz says the suspect had multiple weapons and had done his research. He researched tactical supplies and was in the process of choosing a specific date to carry out the school shooting. He was so obsessed with our response times that he Google mapped how far it would be from the Ontario Police Department for our response time to the school. Police say a brave student expressed concern about the suspect to the principal at the Ontario Christian High School and then that principal called police. There may be a threat to U.S. satellites that's related to the launch of a Russian rocket last week. That rocket was carrying a top-secret military payload, which is now in orbit. On Capitol Hill, lawmakers reacting to the news that Russia may have a space nuke. This is a serious issue. There are many serious issues that we undertake all the time, uh, but there's no need to panic. Uh, This is not an immediate crisis. This is one more thing to worry about in terms of... Vladimir Putin and his attack on democracy and freedom. The Biden administration reportedly has been tracking Moscow 
Israel's attempts to develop a nuclear-capable weapon that could take down our satellites. Germany has just replaced Japan as the world's third-largest economy. The weak yen and inflation in Germany knocked Japan out of third place in the global economic rankings. Japan's economy was once second only to that of the U.S., but with a shrinking workforce and risk-averse corporate sector, further decline is expected. Lucy Kraft in Tokyo. Some dating apps are fighting back against accusations they try to addict users. A proposed class action lawsuit filed in a federal court in Northern California claims Tinder, Hinge, and other dating apps are filled with addictive features that encourage, quote, compulsive use. Match has called the lawsuit ridiculous. It said it, quote, actively strives to get people on dates every day and off our apps. Correspondent Christopher Cruz, a lunar lander's on its way to the moon following an overnight launch from Cape Canaveral. The launch lit up the sky. And liftoff. Go SpaceX, go IM-1, and the Odysseus lunar lander. The sonic boom caused by the landing of the SpaceX rocket rattled some Floridians from a deep sleep, too. Trent Miller from Intuitive Machines has reason to be anxious ahead of the Odysseus landing next Thursday. Spaceflight is hard. Uh, a million things have to go right, and if one thing goes wrong, you can still have a failure. Another lunar mission launched by a different company last month failed to reach the moon. I'm Rory O'Neill. And perhaps doctors should be prescribing gym memberships instead of antidepressants. Listen to this from Vicki Barker. Australian researchers analyzed more than 14,000 cases of depression from more than 200 previous studies. They found antidepressants on their own are less effective than either exercise or therapy, with walking or jogging most effective at relieving the symptoms of depression. Vicki Barker reporting. Next at noon, a closer look at college choices with the president of of Houghton University in Western New York. Dr. Wayne Lewis explains to our own Greg Gillespie why a Christian education matters so much these days. Here's some of that conversation. Are you hearing from a lot of folks that with the cost of college and the indoctrination that some people are seeing, that that is becoming a bigger issue for the students and the families that you're talking to as they're sorting through college choices? One of the positive things I'm hearing is these factors are causing families to pay even closer attention the college selection process than in, in previous years, both in terms of the actual cost of attending, not just initially in that first year, but how much cost a student's likely to take on over the four-year period. And if that includes loans, what type of debt students are likely to take on. I hear parents and prospective students talking about likely salaries that they'll earn when they leave as they make financial decisions about what's really important to them, whether the programs at institutions are in fact doing a good job of preparing them for careers um, in alignment with what they're looking for. And then the, the last piece is something I'm hearing much more so today than I've ever heard before, and it's the question of value and whether or not the institution that students and families are considering has values that are in alignment with the values that that family holds. 
we would expect some of that being a big deal for those who are considering universities that boldly proclaim they are Christian institutions. But I imagine you talk with a lot of your colleagues at state schools and community colleges and such. Is that question of the social engineering or a bias, is that a problem trying to navigate that when we hear that all schools have just fallen off the the far left end. Is that really true? I think it, it is certainly true that within higher education, there is a, um, a left-leaning slant, speaking generally. Anyone who denies that, I think, is either not being honest or has not spent considerable time in higher education. So as for us and institutions like us that provide a decidedly Christ-centered education with an unapologetic Christian worldview, uh, that does stand in pretty stark contrast to what students might experience at a state institution or at a secular institution. I think this is a moment for institutions and institutional leaders to be very clear about who they are, about the what they're providing for young people, about what their values are so that parents and students can make informed decisions about where they want to spend the next four years of their lives. We're talking with Dr. Wayne Lewis, president of Houghton University. What are the two or three things they need to think about if they have high school students that are making choices of whether to go to college or which university to attend? What are a couple things people need to think about? I think students, current students at institutions can be really valuable sources of knowledge and understanding of what it, what it looks like and feels like um, to live and learn at a college or university. And so asking current students questions like, is this a place where a Christian student would feel comfortable? Is this the type of place where expressing views that don't align with the dominant cultural narrative, where those views would be welcomed and appreciated? Or is this the type of place where I I really need to kind of hide who I am and pretend to be someone different? Those those are not far-fetched questions. And those are the types of questions I would recommend students and families ask because most times students, current students, will give you really honest answers about what it what it's like to live and learn at a college. Dr. Wayne Lewis is the president of Houghton University, offering us advice on college choices. I'm Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Thank you very much for that. You can hear Greg's entire conversation with Dr. Lewis online at familylife.org. Just look for the news tab on our podcast page. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. The disturbance eastbound from Chicago is going to bring snow, rain, and wind to the area as we progress through the next 12 to 18 hours. Not a huge deal, but something to be aware of as you're out and about. Another system bears watching for Saturday. It'll bring some snow and flurries to the area as well. The call for this afternoon, cloudy, increasingly windy, especially in parts of western New York and northwest Pennsylvania. Snow mixed with rain will arrive and continue into tonight. Most areas can expect an inch or so. However, several inches will accumulate, particularly across the upper portion of central New York, 
where uh, the uh, snowfall will be wind whipped as well. Temperatures today peak in the 30s, drop into the 20s tonight. Tomorrow, variably cloudy with sunny breaks, flurries, some areas of lake snow, especially southeast of Lake Ontario. Highs in the 30s and some snow on Saturday. All right, Kevin, thank you much. Finally at noon, a Pennsylvania couple showing the world the meaning of love with their diamond-worthy devotion. Here's Family Life's Brian Query. It's a love story 75 years in the making. It all started at the Sears and Roebuck store in Catanning, Pennsylvania in 1948. Co-workers Harold Hooks and his now wife Marion started dating. They got engaged that October and married in early 1949 and just celebrated their 75th wedding anniversary. The couple was recently interviewed about their marriage success and had a few simple pieces of advice. Harold said he never remembers a day they went to sleep mad at each other. The couple said they rarely argued and they found much happiness in the fact that they like to do the same things. In terms of the life they have lived together and the happiness they've shared, Harold summed it up succinctly saying, I guess they say, you know, when you fall in love, that's it. Congratulations to Harold and Marion on 75 years of long-lasting love. Brian Query, Family Life News. What an accomplishment. Thank you very much, Brian. And just like that, folks, we are out of time. That's the world we live in. Thursday, February 15th. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this Family Life News podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, please share it with others and click the subscribe button to automatically receive future episodes. Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Podcasts like this are made possible by your financial partnership. Find out more at familylife.org.